Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. To the Guardians. Cleveland get, takes game two, which means it'll be rubber game tomorrow with Corbin Burns on the mound. Freddie Peralta pitched okay, not great. Despite only allowing two runs, it doesn't really tell the whole story. There's some bullpen conversation to be had, some lineup conversation to be had. But the story today is four hits. And if you want to chime in, let us know. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Let's uh, bring in Jeff Cirillo here. Jeff, I, I look at, yes, Freddie went into the sixth, and maybe maybe it wasn't, maybe it was the right decision. We'll never know. But you're not going to win many games when you only get four hits. That's exactly right. I mean, it's, it seems like it's an ongoing issue for the Brewers. I mean, they give up four runs, and then we know the record when, when, they, when, they, when, they, when they score four. Excuse me. But uh, it's one of those games, I mean, they get off to a 2 nothing lead, and, and Freddie... Like he, he teases you, right? He teases you with the stuff and the strikeouts. But unfortunately, there's some lapses in there. And I think that he, the, the execution of all those pitches in the fourth inning, you know, reverberated back into the sixth inning. But it's tough, right, for counsel because then you see him have a dominant inning in the fifth inning. And then all of a sudden, we're back to the sixth inning and he got two automatic hits. So, tough one. I, I look at it for Freddie today. I mean, the 37 pitch fourth inning took everything out of him and yeah they only scored one run but let's be also honest Cleveland's offense is kind of a lot like Milwaukee's offense they've been underperforming and they've been having questions about where's the power where's the offense coming from and to only allow one run with the bases loaded man that's one heck of a tightrope act to get out of but at the same time it's like you did it to yourself with a couple of walks and a hit batter and a stoink single. This isn't the Freddie Peralta the Brewers want to continue seeing. It's nine straight starts now. He's had at least one inning of 28 pitches or more. And that's just not sustainable. And that's what I point to, the reason why he couldn't get through the sixth inning today. That's, that's exactly right. But then he comes out and has a clean inning in the fifth inning. I mean, the Indians might not have a lot of power, but they do have a lot of contact hitters. They don't strike out a lot. All they did have nine today. And what happens is, is, like, when you have that kind of traffic on the bases, you know, it doesn't take – it just takes a loop, right, for to score a run. It was fortunate to only get one run in that inning. For And it was a bases-loaded double play ball, right? So they were willing to trade the one for two. And, yes, it worked out beyond that. I, I just I, – I tweeted this a moment ago. I hate, hate, hate – there's nothing I hate more in this world than being an armchair manager. But I understand – being in this role, being in a post-game reactionary role, I kind of have to be sometimes. And I personally was very surprised to see Freddie go back out there a third time through, knowing Jose Ramirez was going to be lurking. You have a fresh bullpen, good to go. He had a 37-pitch fourth inning. I personally was shocked to see him go back for this. Regardless, even if he went one, two, three on six pitches, I still would have been surprised to see him back out there. Did you feel the same way? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a misleading thing, right? Because then you know, like, cause even in in Freddie's last start, right, he had the long second inning, and then all of a sudden he just kind of finds his rhythm and he retires the last twelve batters in his last outing. So then he rolls through the fifth inning, and then you roll him back out there for six. You think the stuff is good enough? You try and sneak him through that 
that sixth inning. But, um, you know, it, like you said, you know, it's, you're not down in the dugout. You don't have a crystal ball on this thing. And he was just trying it. He felt that the stuff was still good. And, and probably with Contreras, he probably felt like, I mean, there was probably a lot of like minds thinking a lot like right there, right? Contreras, Peralta, Hook, Council said, yeah, let's roll with the sixth. And for Hobie Milner, I was talking with Tim Dillard here in the studio. I mean, the life of a lefty reliever these days, you know, facing the minimum three, the casual eye may see, oh, Hobie gave up a run, he gets a blown save. That's the cheapest blown save ever because he came in with the house already on fire and was told, make sure the house doesn't get on fire. It was first and second, nobody out, and he was there to face the lefty Naylor, and I, I tip my hat to Naylor there. That was one heck of a swing on a pitch up and out of the zone, going with it down the third baseline. You throw that pitch another 50 times, I'm not sure Naylor's going to be able to do that another 40 times. That's a heck of a pitch by him, but then you look at Hobie, he locked it down the next two batters and did his job. He does not deserve a blown save in this. Right. I mean, you know, sometimes some of the stats are a little bit overblown. I think that I, I, Miller did his job, right? He kept him in bay and just gave up the one hit. And, and unfortunately, sometimes you throw that pitch and the, and the lefty sometimes blocks the ball and that's where it goes, right? The, the left side of the field. I mean, Tipper had to, to, to nail her, but at the same time, you know, the traffic was on the bases and all it takes is a hit. When you look at the rest of the bullpen, and again, I, I'm not being an armchair manager. Peguero's been great, and he gives up the base hit, and that made it the that that blew the lead. And then in Bush in the eighth, I think it's going to have a lot of people scratching their heads having him pitch in back-to-back games. By the way, Bush did pitch in back-to-back games on his rehab assignment down in Nashville, so this wasn't new to him. I think the thinking there, I'm just trying to say what the Brewers were thinking and why they went with Matt Bush there as opposed to, say, a Yoel Piamps or a Bryce Wilson was the fact that, look, Already down three to two, and Emmanuel Classe is warming up on the other side. I know it's a three-two ball game, but at the same time, it's technically not a leverage situation from the Brewers' perspective. This is what they would tell you. This is what Craig Council would tell you. You may or may not agree with it, but that's what they roll with. And quite frankly, they do that more often than not. They have their philosophy and they stick to it. They try to be consistent. I was surprised to see him come out there as well. But at the end of the day, as we said at the top of this segment. You can blame this on the pitching. You can blame this on Freddie. You can blame this on the bullpen all you want. But the truth of the matter is, they got four hits. And even if Matt Bush didn't give up a run there, they still lose three to two as opposed to four to two because they only got four hits. That's right. Well, the first point being is like, and I played with a lot of managers in the You know, it's so tempting to like go go to guns right with Piamps or, or Wilson there to hold the lead there in the in the eighth inning. But the but the. the the manager usually says, like, you know, I pitch my winning pitching when I'm winning and, and when we're down. You know, I, I don't want to say losing pitching, but, you know, Bush is probably trying to work his way back in. He checked the box by going multiple outings in, in consecutive days. Um, but, uh, and, and so that, there's that theory right there. You know, you don't go to guns because they got a great closer in the bullpen and we don't want to uh, burn an inning, even if the score is going to be three to at the end, although it ended up four to. The offense, I mean, you look at the offense, and, you know, other than the first two hitters in the lineup for the Brewers and Yelich and Contreras, the rest of the seven are all below, you know, that 740 thresh mark of OPS, which is, you know, I don't know what it is today, but it's usually like when I look at it, like 740, 730, 740 is like an average major league hitter. So there's seven guys in the lineup that are, that are performing below average major league standard. Looking at league average right now, league average 
is 728 for an OPS. So you're right on the money there, Jeff, when it comes to that. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here on the program, reacting to the 4-2 loss to the Guardians, want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, and they're offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. That's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value. Only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More Jeff and more reaction from this one. Brewers fall 4-2 in Cleveland. Back with more on WTMJ. Extra innings. A 4-2 defeat tonight. Brewers fall. They'll go for a rubber match tomorrow. It'll be Aaron Savali for the guards against Corbin Burns and his new haircut for the Brew Crew. Looking uh, at the box score, Freddie Peralta, as we said a moment ago, we, we've talked a little bit about him already, but his line is five-plus innings, four hits, three runs, all earned, three walks, and five strikeouts, all three walks coming in that tough fourth inning, which only one run scored, but at the end of the day, it was what sucked so much of the energy out of him, and it's becoming alarming seeing Freddie be this He hasn't thrown a single pitch in the seventh inning this year, and the Brewers haven't had a lot of consistency from the two guys that were relying on consistency from in Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns. Is there anything in particular that's jumping out to you, Jeff, about what we've seen in the last month and a half or so, really since that great Colorado start that Freddie had. And yes, he had nine strikeouts his last time out against the Pirates, but there's the two distinct halves to that start. Is there anything jumping out to you about Freddie? Well, for me, it's just one of those ones where he just he loses the command and, and he fall behind big league hitters. I think we talked about it last night when we previewed the game. You know, For me, it's one of those ones when he's getting strike one, then he's able to expand the zone and get those swings and misses to that riding fastball or breaking ball because he's got great stuff, right? I mean, normally big league big league pitchers, you know, you can't really survive when you give up three walks and a hit batter, and just because there's there's so much traffic, but his stuff is is really good. So, but then he puts it away. So he's definitely um kind of a sphinx in that in a little bit of a riddle um, because he'll flash this you know this great stuff and he'll just kind of roll through it. You know, and some guys, you know, when, when they get they have a hard time of you know. You know, Greg Maddox always said when he had runners on base, you know, he wouldn't try hard, he'd try easier. And I think sometimes Freddie, you know, it starts to unwind down a little bit. The game just starts moving a little bit too fast, and, and you know, he gets out of whack with his mechanics. Do you think there's something to, specifically with Freddie, and maybe this is a, a greater thought about pitching in 2023, that we've seen longer innings, you know, innings where a pitcher struggling to find his command, or maybe there's multiple runs they've already scored, and they, they can't slow it down because of the pitch clock. And this is one of those adjustments that everyone's making in 2023, but there's a theory, and I don't know if you subscribe to the theory, the fact that the reason why we're seeing so many big innings this season, not just from Freddie Peralta, but from pitchers across baseball, is that they don't get that reset button, right? You, you use a mound visit, but then you're right back into the into the fire, and it's like, go, 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 go. You never truly get that chance to take a breath. I wonder if, if that's impacting Freddie, kind of like what you're talking about when a man gets on base – Things suddenly look very different for Peralta this season. I think you're you're hitting it right on the head. I think it's a great point. I mean, I remember watching you Darvish for all those years when he was with the Rangers, um, and so when he'd be going smoothly, and you know, yes, he'd get the deeper counts. 
but he still was working fast, right? You know, and I think every you know, Japanese pitcher I've ever seen, you know, they work fast, you know, and they're getting a little rhythm. And then all of a sudden, when they get the runners in scrum position, you know, everything kind of comes to a screeching halt, right? And I don't think the Darvish is having a great year. And some guys just, right, they, they, they just feel like there's, you know, there's um, traffic on the bases, you know, there's a stimulus, there's a guy, there's, there's um, earned runs out there. And so that instead of taking, going slower, like Maddox might say, being able to kind of look out at the 405 side in center field or picking out a point and kind of grabbing your attention back and just slow down your heart rate. You know, that pitch clock keeps that heart rate going. And for the Brewers, they had a semi-long, I guess, top of the fifth inning for him to come back out ahead of the bottom of the fifth. He needed 10 pitches to get through the fifth, and then they ultimately decided to send him back out for the sixth inning. Back-to-back singles uh, for up the middle, one from Rosario, one from Ramirez. Uh, and reminder, Ramirez is a great hitter. I don't blame, I mean, he had a home run yesterday off of Streslecki. I don't blame the Brewers for allowing a single to him. But with Hobie Milner loosening in the pen and getting ready to go, when you look at the splits, Ramirez's worst side is his right side when he's batting right-handed against a left-handed pitcher. And again, I, I, I know there's reasons for everything the Brewers do. They're always ready with a reason, and they have a lot of trust in Craig Council making decisions. And they felt, for some reason, that they wanted Freddie to face Ramirez for a third time as opposed to going to Hobie Milder and flip him to the other side of the plate. Ultimately, it may have been the wrong decision. But here we are, sitting with 2020 hindsight, being able to say these sort of things, but we're also not the guys in the dugout making the decision and hearing the conversations like we talked about earlier. But I, I, I think that moment is going to be the one that circled, the fact that Freddie came back out for the sixth inning. Uh, I, don't think it, I don't think it's so much, you know, facing Rosario there, right, uh, in the first batter. You know, it's like, okay, let's do what he's doing. But then, you know, like you said, I mean, Milner's hot. He's ready, right? I mean, he's already loosened up. And I think that that, that was a gut call by, by Kemp Craig. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, he's been masterful for all these years of working that bullpen, especially with guys and, and putting guys in positions. You know, like his pioms, right? I mean, he was a guy that was kind of cast off by the Ranger or the Royals. So, you know, I mean, he deserves a mulligan this one. I guarantee tonight when he's going out to dinner or whatever, he's going to be kicking himself in the butt. On this one, but at the same time, you know, he's the one that's wearing the hat, and so you got to live with those decisions, and sometimes, unfortunately, they don't work out. Yeah, that, that's life as a manager, right? They only notice when things go wrong, right? When things go right, it's kind of harder to point it out, and it's gone right for so much, so long under the Craig Council era, and the last month, he hasn't got execution from some of his key guys. Uh, a decision like today, you really circle it, thing like, huh, I wonder what happened there, and then you lose a close game. But the point for the Brewers is we're sitting here in hindsight, oh, man, what could have been, what could have been. Let's be honest, though, too. Yeah, we talk about the four hits. They truly only had one RBI because the run that scored in the first inning was on a drop fly ball by David Fry and Wright. It was on an E9. So, I mean, you could argue the Brewers really only had one run scored today. Yeah, and it's a tough one, right? I mean, you're talking about, you know, the American League, National League. There's no, there's, everyone's got a DH now, right? So it's not like you can navigate the lineup in the National League. You know, and two runs is, I mean, you could look at fan graphs, whatever, and the percentage of what that wins, you know, on paper. And I'm guessing that the percentage is very low. Um, so they're going to have to find some offense. It seems like, you know, it's a broken record that we speak on the Brewers. You know, we know what their strengths are. You know, we know that the starting pitching is pretty good. They're getting healthy, and we know that their defense is good, and they know that their, their bullpen is mis, mismatched with a, with a stud at the end of the game. So, I mean, it, the offense is definitely um, a glaring thing, and, you know, I don't think that there's anyone going to be walking through the doors anytime soon. 
tell them out. So those guys need to, you know, they need to get it, get it going. Well, there could be some guys walking through the door soon. Maybe we'll talk about a little bit of the future coming up next. But, hey, real quick, we did get some good news earlier today on Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff threw a 20-pitch bullpen today in Cleveland, all fastballs, off the mound, feeling good. He said after the fact that he could have thrown breaking balls if he wanted to, just wanted to keep it simple today, starting the road in the right direction of what feels like another spring training for him. This is a boost. This is finally some good news in regards to Brandon Woodruff. And it's still looking after the All-Star break. And I laid out a soft timeline. The Brewers haven't made their own timeline yet, at least publicly. But you look ahead here. you got two weeks till the break. And you're thinking, okay, he throws another couple bullpens here. Maybe he'll get a live session in before he goes down to AAA or AA, whatever they decide to do. But he could be back this time in a month or so, back on a big league mound, which would be a massive lift for the crew. Oh, yes. Anytime you get an all-star performer like that. And look, I mean, down the stretch here, you know, those last 60 games of the season, and, you know, I don't think the Reds are going away. And I, I think that the Cubs, you know, are going to make a push here too. But at the same time, you know, every time you can just bring a horse out there, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're flipped around and, and Woodward's back out there again, right? So instead of just looking for, for Burns or um, or Miley to, to take the ball and you can't wait for their next start, you know, it just seems like it shortens shortens the line a little bit and then these guys are back in the, back out there again. So it's definitely an added boost and hopefully you can add some value here down the stretch. He's going to be a big piece of whether the Brewers decide to be buyers or sellers coming up here at the deadline. We're going to have our difference-making moment of this 4-2 loss coming up in a moment. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here on the program, stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Services. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Let's wrap a bow on this game and then start looking around here. With Jeff Cirillo, I'm Dom Catronio, 855-616-1620, Real quick, what was your difference-making moment of the game? It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Jeff, you have the floor. I'm going to go to the sixth inning uh, when BB's out there and he's a rookie. Both six and Riley Tellez starts getting just a bullet 107 miles off the bat. And then the next two guys draw walks, or no, yeah, he walks, and then, you know, that, that was the time. And, and when you're playing a game on the road, you need to get some add-on runs. And unfortunately, you know, they had back-to-back strikeouts, which, you know, elevates, you know, the, uh, the Indians off defense onto offense, and then they rolled into that sixth inning. So that would be my different uh, sticker make. Yeah, Brian Anderson and Rymel Tapia striking out back-to-back the last two batters that uh, Bybee would be facing uh, in this one, and he would earn up, end up earning the win. My difference-making moment uh, goes back to the decision we've already talked about plenty today, the fact that Freddie went back out there for the six, so no need to really harp on that. I, I think the fact that the first two buys reach and suddenly that inning clearly have to go to the bullpen, uh, and Hobie Milner did his job, Piguero allowed a single, unfortunately, but... The point is, I, I just was shocked. I, I truly was. And I know Craig Council's got a reason for everything, but we've talked about it. He's probably going to be frustrated with himself over that one. And 
move on. There's another game tomorrow uh, on that. But I, I joked with you in the last segment, there may or may not be something walking through the door soon. We're going to be keeping an eye on Nashville for the next couple of weeks. That's just the nature of things right now when you got guys at the big league club not quite playing what they want to be playing right now. Keston Hira is always going to hog a lot of the oxygen right now. Keston was 0 for 4 last night. He's in the lineup today. Whether or not he's going to come up as a DH, backup first baseman, remains to be seen. Because remember, if you bring him up, you got to keep him up. He's out of options. If you DFA him again, anybody can have their crack at him. He'll likely become a free agent. So in the case of Keston Hira, in the case of any prospect for that matter, Jeff, you know this. The fact is, they got to hit their way out of the club. And it can't just be by default. And Keston had had a great season before he injured his knee. Now I think the Brewers want to make sure it's still in there for a week or two before they pull that that card and say, "All right, let's go. Here's your you know your second chance here in the big leagues." Well, this will be a, probably his fourth chance in the big leagues. But I mean, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, he, he provided some valuable home runs, especially. I mean, I know that he's used to be hitting left-handed pitching, but he hit right-hand right-handed pitching pretty good. I mean, he's a, a known. Entity, and it's one of those ones. It's like you know, you got to get offense from somewhere, and especially against left-handed pitching, and you know, and, and just lighten the load off to Les and some of these other guys. I mean, they've run up through there, they've run both through there, and so I think that Keston here is probably you know his phone is probably right next to his bed as he sleeps because I could see him getting the call anytime now. I just want to say for Keston in AAA this year, he's got 46 plate appearances against lefties, so pretty small sample because of that injury that he sustained in early May. But 46 plate appearance against left-handed pitching. He's got six homers off them. No other extra base hits. He has struck out 14 times in 46 plate appearances. Only three walks, but that's a 302 batting average. That's better than what it's been in the big leagues for his reverse splits. I wonder how long they keep him down. Another guy that's not in the lineup today, Sal Freelick. Uh, in case you missed it, he fouled the ball off of his knee the other night, but x-rays are negative. He's fine. He's day-to-day. But Sal Freelick's going to be a name that's going to keep coming up. The, the catch with both of these guys, they're not on the 40-man roster, so corresponding moves will have to be made. But as a spark is needed, and it could be one of those guys arriving soon. Yeah, I don't know about Sal. I mean, I think once he's up, he'd probably be up in, in September where they don't, they're not going to move him back down, right, because you don't want to use an option on him either. Zero uh, is one of those ones, I think, that, you know, you always risk the factor of, of losing a guy you know, if you put him on the roster. But if he's not on the roster, he was available for a lot of all teams last year. So I think the Kissing here is probably the, the guy that would come up before Freeland. Like, Looking ahead to tomorrow, here's an opportunity for Corbin Burns to flush it, to move on, to maybe, I don't know, do something drastic like cut his hair after having the six-run first inning against the Diamondbacks on Monday night. He, he's freshly cut, clean-shaven. It's a different-looking Corbin Burns coming out on the mound tomorrow afternoon. And maybe that's the guy they want to show up, right? The, you know, forgive the expression, the pissed-off Corbin Burns ready to pitch and ready to dominate on a mound that he's very familiar with. The last time he pitched on this mound in 2021, it was a no-hitter. Now, I'm not saying to expect a no-hitter, but I I think I would expect some quality tomorrow from Corbin Burns. I I would, too. You know, I mean, usually these guys, the, the, the big leaguers, you know, the guys that you see, year in and year out, kind of posting and putting up solid numbers. Usually they can flush those, and they usually bounce back. It's just just the way they're made. It's a beautiful trait 
of a competitive athlete and for Corbin, you don't need to tell him twice that he knows he has been inconsistent. He has struggled at times this season, and he wants nothing more than to get back on track and silence that narrative and you know, everything that went through spring training and all that stuff. Look, he just wants to pitch. He wants to pitch back to his 2021-2022 self, and I'm looking forward to seeing him do that tomorrow against Aaron Savali. First pitch is at 1240, 1240 tomorrow afternoon. Jeff Cirillo joining us with all of the insight and analysis. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. And looking for a series victory, man. And the Reds, their winning streak finally over. So you don't lose any ground today. You're still a game and a half back. The The Cubs are right behind you. But the point is, you win a series tomorrow. You feel a lot better about yourself. you got a happy flight out to Queens. Yeah, it's good news. I mean, you know, they're, they're going for the, the series victory tomorrow, right? I mean, they got their eights on the mound. So, you know, it's not just all fire and brimstone out there. So I'd like for Burns to, to, to bounce back after the start last game and, and, and give the Brewers a chance to win the game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I just think that the, the Brewers got to find a, find a way to, to scratch some hits together. Just got to get four runs. That's all they're ever asking for, four runs. They don't need Babe Willie Adamas showing through the door every week. They just need four runs. That's all they're asking for. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, it's just one of those ones. He's going to have competitive at I mean, we've seen them, seen them do it before. You know, it's just a matter of that consistency level that, that separates, um, you know, the average major leader from the, the above average player. It's hard to hit in the big leagues, to say the least. Jeff Cirillo joining us here on the program. Thanks as always, Jeff. All right. Have a great day, Jim. All right, enjoy the rest of your Saturday night, Jeff. And uh, we'll get to a couple of these texts here that rolled in. Aaron and Mike, I see you here in the feed. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. Extra Innings. Want to remind you of the difference-making moment of the game, brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need at NXWealth.com. Brewers fall 4-2 to today to the Guardians. A couple of texts that have popped in here, one from Mike in Colorado. Another losing example where Craig Council's penchant for analytics sucks and any chance for the Brewers to build momentum in a game that was very winnable. Uh, I agree and disagree. Get get more than four hits, then we'll talk. But I, I know it was struggle to see Freddie go back out for the sixth, and I'm not going to pin it all on the reason the Brewers lost. That's certainly a factor of it. But you get more than four hits and score them more than one earned run, Good things tend to happen, and the Brewers win more game that way. A text from Aaron in Illinois. Tough loss for Freddie, in my opinion. He wasn't great, but his margin for error was slim with a lineup behind him that had five spots with a batting average less than 220, which begs the question, why haven't the Brewers done more running lately? That was the first stolen base attempt. Yelich is when he scored the second run of the game for the Brewers. Was the first stolen base attempt in 10 games, correct? Great news on Woodruff, though. Thanks, Aaron, for texting in. Oh. They haven't been running because, for one, they've been trailing a lot. You don't want to steal when you're trailing because base runners are at a premium. Two, they aren't getting a lot of base runners. So, or the situation hasn't called for it. It is weird anomaly there, not having stolen a base in 10 games. That was their first stolen base since the A's series in this one. I uh, want to real quick get to the phone lines as well, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. James on the south side, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, um... You know, we were talking about wins, uh, winning games and stuff, but uh, if Craig Council, you know, lost this one today by by his uh, metrics or whatever you want to call it, how many more games are we going to lose? You know, we, we count all these games and saying, well, 
like last year, we missed it by one of going to the playoffs. Is this, uh, should we blame uh, Craig Council uh, at the end of the season when uh, we miss it again? Uh, that uh, one or two or three games uh, are his fault. I know we are, we're not a hundred percent of uh, being fallible of uh, making mistakes uh, in our lives and stuff, but uh, calls and everything else. But still, you gotta, you still gotta be able to do that and still be able to be able to win or, or make judgment uh, type of calls that are got to be uh, for a team and everything else. You know, I hope he hope he doesn't make any more mistakes uh, of calls and stuff like that during the rest of the season. Otherwise, we might make the, um, fail to make the playoffs. I appreciate the call, James, uh, and thanks for the honesty. I would say Craig Council is not going to be the reason the Brewers miss the playoffs. He's quite frankly going to be the reason they have a chance to make the playoffs, in my opinion, because he's trying to mix and match and get everything possible out of this roster right now, which, I mean, they went one for six with runners in scoring position. They scored one earned run today. They had four hits. They aren't drawing walks. They're striking out. They struck out 11 times today. Craig Council isn't the guy in the box. They need to execute. And I know the decision in the sixth inning is going to be the one that everyone points at, and Matt Bush in the eighth inning is going to be one that a lot of people point at. The Brewers were already down 3-2, to two, and they were facing maybe one of the best eighth and ninth inning combos in the American League and Trevor Steffen and Emmanuel Classe. The game was kind of already over and I don't want to throw in the towel like that. You always want to believe this team's not a comeback team. We know this. The numbers prove it. You know this watching them. But yeah, they came back on Tuesday against the Diamondbacks and that was fun to watch. But at the end of the day, Craig Council is trying to milk as much out of this lineup that he can because, quite frankly, they're not performing right now. Look at look at these averages. Look at these OPSs. People are frustrated with the fact that, oh, my gosh, he, he, pulled, he put Freddie back out there, which I was confused by, too. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to win. It doesn't matter. All of that is moot if you're only scoring one earned run against the Guardians, who is also an offense that's struggling. I appreciate the honesty, though, James. Thanks for calling in here. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. I want to talk about who's hot. There's really not many to pick from. But it's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Don't wait until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. It's toasty out there, y'all. Hope you got your sunscreen on. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Uh, who's hot is kind of tough to pick, but it, it, you look at Christian Yelich very quietly. On base three times today, had a stolen base, scored a run as well. Two walks and a single for Yelly. Scored uh, both runs for the crew today. His, bat, his on-base percentage is, by the way, up to 326. Leads the team in war. Leads the team in OPS at 790. Uh, he continues to be a great piece at the top of the batting order for the Brewers as they try to plod through this month of June. And it's crazy to think that we're only two weeks away from the All-Star break. But uh, Christian Yelich has been playing. And holding up his end of the bargain uh, in the last couple months or so, he's been one of the best hitters and one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball. He's getting on base. He can't help it if the guys aren't driving him in. And he stole a base today. It was his 17th of the season. He's only been caught twice. I mean, he's on a pace right now to finish with 30 doubles and 30 stolen bases and something like 20 homers. And I think everybody at the start of the year would have taken that. I would take that, especially out of your leadoff hitter. And if you want to complain about the contract and about the $26 million, you got to, you know, he should be providing more for $26 million. I take you back to that day when he signed the extension in spring training in 2020, how excited you were, right? 
how everything was great. And it, and coming back from a massive knee injury, it took a couple years, but here he is. He's found a new form, and he's really playing some very, very good baseball. So I just wanted to give him some credit despite the loss today for the Brewers. Uh, up against the break here, we're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Fall by a 4-2 final to the Guardians. Still got a chance to win the series tomorrow. And we talked about it in the preview of this series in Brewers Weekly. That if you win all three of these series, no one can complain about anything. Because if you win all three series, that's a 7-3, 10-game road trip. I, I, I Sign me up. That's an awesome trip. 6-4 and four is still a solid trip. You still have an opportunity to move forward. Today stinks. Today's frustrating. You spent your Saturday getting ready for this game, Freddie Peralta, and you had bad fourth inning. It stinks. But you're going to lose games. And I think Brewers fans are antsy right now. And I understand why you're antsy. The offense isn't performing. Your main horses in the rotation haven't been performing. And it seems like you don't know what you're going to get every single start from Corbin Burns. And he gets the ball tomorrow. And I, I really think tomorrow could be a crossroads for the Brewers and specifically for Corbin Burns. We know rumors are flying. We know we're going to hear all about it all the way until August 1st, until the trade deadline. That's life as a Brewers fan. When you've got somebody that is excelling at their craft and is a really good player that anybody would want, that's a compliment, right? You're going to deal with trade rumors forever. That, that's, that's the nature of the beast. And the Brewers, by virtue of this bad NL Central, they're in this, okay? I all that matters is getting in. And that's the beauty of baseball, right? You win your division, you get in. And winning your division is hard to do. And as long as you get in, anything can happen. But the Brewers are, are really towing that line right now, figuring out, ah, dude, do, do we sacrifice a little piece of the future for a really bad division this year or try to make sure that we're intact and prepare for 2024 and figure out what the future is going to look like after Woodruff and Burns and Adamas become free agents, whether or not they extend these guys and keep them in a Brewers uniform. I don't know what the future is in that regard, but that's the conversation being had in the front office right now. The decisions that will impact this franchise for years to come are going to be at this trade deadline. And it's not easy. You, you hear it from both. Call up Keston now. Trade Burns. Extend Willie. Extend Woodruff. Call up this guy. It's not easy, man. That's why they're in the business of winning. And when you're not winning, it feels like the sky is falling. And that's what Brewers fans are going through right now. They just want some consistency, right? They want to see. They also want to see the team get hot again. Right? They're looking for something to be excited and to spark about. And today, they didn't get many opportunities. They fall 4-2. to two. They only got one earned run against the Guardians, and they'll get right back after it tomorrow. And despite as frustrating as today was, they can still win a series tomorrow. So put it in there and flush it. That's really all there is to say about this game. But let's hear from the skipper, Craig Council, after today's defeat. Yeah, I mean, he, he lost command a little bit. Um in the fourth, um, but did a great job. You know, they scored one run, so um, tough to complain about, you know, giving up one run, even though he threw a bunch of pitches. So, and he came back and had a really good, very efficient fifth inning. I think there were eight or nine pitches in the fifth. So, you know, he, he got through it good. Um, you know, I thought 
you know, he had Rosario kind of head behind in the count um, and then let him back in a count and, and end up getting a base hit. Um, to lead off the sixth, and then and then I thought you know I thought Hobie made a really good pitch to Naylor, and unfortunately it just got through. So um, you know at the same time we still had a chance to kind of get out of that inning, and um, you know uh, Fry had a get a got a slider down, got a base hit. Did you notice Freddie's velo being a little bit down early on, or did that not? Yeah, no. I mean, I I don't think that's a bad thing actually. Um, I mean, he had it, he had it when he wanted it. So uh, I thought he I thought the first three innings he was excellent. I mean, I thought he commanded the ball, threw it where he wanted, um, especially with the fastball. I thought his off speed was maybe not as sharp, but I thought his fastball was very very good today. Like located it well, especially in the first three innings. And he can sometimes get in trouble with that, like overthrowing, right? So yeah. I mean, you know, look, Freddie's pitched with different velocities. Um, you know, he's he was at 92, 93, and I, I, I think that's a good place for him to be. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any complaints about him being there ever. A um, couple runs early on, and then not much else offensively. Uh, you know, what what did you see from the bats? Yeah, I mean, um, their guy does a good job of like just kind of north south, a lot of fastballs up. Um, and then breaking balls down and change up. So um, we, we, you know, we unfortunately we didn't create a lot of activity really. Um, Yelly did a nice job of getting on base a bunch, um, and, and that got us a couple runs, but um, not not a lot of activity. How tough is it for guys not to press at this point when it's a bit of an elongated slump? Yeah, I mean that's the, that's the baseball season. Um, you're going to go through stretches, and you just got to keep having good at bats. How much pressure do you think it's been putting on the pitching staff? You know, with, with runs being kind of at a premium for you guys offensively. Yeah, I, I don't know about pressure, but it obviously, it you know we have a you know an inning like the sixth, and um, you know it's it's a we've given up three runs and we're still right in the game. Unfortunately, we're sitting behind, and you know we weren't able to score after that. You mentioned Rowdy kind of picking his pitches. He had two balls he really smoked today, one in the air and the other yeah. one that was caught. Was that kind of the approach you wanted to see, though? Yeah, he had, he had two balls very well. I thought he took a good swing on the on the fly out actually in the in the last inning. So, you know, good swings today. Yeah, Rowdy's looking for anything good to happen to him right now. Another over for him onto the pile, but uh, he's now down to a 2.16 batting average, which would be his worst since the uh time he was with the Blue Jays at the start of 2021 when he was hitting 209 at the time of the trade. Uh his OPS is down to 692. Uh, certainly worrying from your big power bat, not getting anything going uh, offensively right now. He's in a slump of slumps to try to get out of it. And the only way to get out of a slump is to hit. That's it. There's no other way to do it. There's no rocket science behind it. So Rad is going to try to figure it out and get things going in the right direction. There were a few highlights from this game. We're going to talk about them coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Back to Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get and this time for tonight's highlights here's dominic catronio less of the homers but more of the ball in play that happened in the first few innings for the brewers today against the rookie tanner bybee they got some luck in the first rowdy telez hitting a rocket to right field bybee's 1-1 and telez rockets one out to right center field david fry and right drop the baseball Yelich had to hold up to see if he'd catch it. Now he's digging around third. He's going to score anyway. And Telez is into second. 
Hey, whatever works, right? The Brewers get on the board first, one to nothing on the E9. Then some really good hitting by William Contreras after Yelich stole second base. Yelly in the center of both runs for the Brewers today, and Contreras going with the pitch. Bybee from the stretch throw zone. Line drive right field, slicing and a fair ball inside the chalk. Yelich is around third. He will score. Fry able to get to it to hold William Contreras at first. He's got an RBI single. And the Brewers have doubled their lead. It is 2 to nothing Milwaukee in the third inning. Little did they know that would be the end of their offense today. Now we fast forward to the bottom of the fourth inning when things really started to unravel on Freddie Peralta. A nine-pitch battle. Stephen Kwan ended in a bloop single, then a walk to Rosario, a walk to Ramirez. Loaded the bases for Josh Naylor. He would ground into a double play. It would score a run, though. And then later, the bases reloaded for David Fry at the plate. One and two, the count on Fry. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. He got him with a slider. Oh, what a big pitch by Freddie Peralta to keep the Brewers in front through four innings. You exhale for a moment, two to one the lead, but then in the sixth, things went unravel once again. Freddie was still in. He allowed the first two batters to reach on singles. He was lifted for Hobie Milner, and Hobie got ahead of Naylor 0-2 for the left-on-left matchup. But Josh won this battle. 0-2 pitch. And a ground ball past the diving glove of Ryan Anderson at third base and into left field. Around third is Rosario. He will score, and we're tied at two. Later in the frame, David Fry would add an RBI single through the left side off of Elvis Peguero, giving him a 3-2 lead and they would not look back from there. 4-2 would be the final. They added a run in the eighth inning as well. The Guardians take game two, setting up a Sunday rubber match between the Guards and the Brewers. We'll wrap up the program after this. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. All right, about a minute or so left here in the program. The Brewers lose today 4-2, but... Looking to tomorrow, we're on the air at 12.05 for a 12.40 first pitch. Just uh, getting ready for Corbin Burns and Aaron Savali. The winner of the game wins the series between the Guardians and the Brewers. So again, 12.40 first pitch tomorrow morning. Hope you join us. Then the Brewers are off to Queens, taking on the Mets for four straight night games in the big city, taking on New York Mets. And then they're off to Pittsburgh for next weekend as well. The Reds, as mentioned a moment ago, they did lose today. They made it interesting in the ninth, but they did lose today. The winning streak is over. They lose 7-6, to six, so the Brewers remain a game and a half back here in the Central Division. The Cubs won in London. They will go for the sweep of the two-game set of the exhibition series. Well, it's not an exhibition. They count. Of the uh, special series in London against the uh, Cardinals. Ian Happett, two homers in their game today. If they win tomorrow and sweep that series, they will be 500, and the Cardinals will be 31-46, and 46, which is a wild sentence. I think some folks thought it would be reversed by uh, this time in the season. So once again, Reds leading 41 and 36. Brewers are a game and a half back at 39 and 37. Then the Cubs at 37 and 38. They're three back. They've won four in a row. Uh, and then you've got Pittsburgh at 35 and 41. Pittsburgh lost in walk-off fashion today to the Marlins and extras in 11 innings. And then the Cardinals who lost today to those aforementioned Cubs. 31 and 45. That is your look at the standings here as of this evening. 
Uh, elsewhere in the National League, the Braves, with their win, they're now one win shy of 50. They would have the second-best record in baseball. The Diamondbacks lost to the Giants today. They still lead the West, but the Giants are now the team in second place, just a game and a half back, having won the first two games of that series. The Dodgers are underway right now with the Astros, and Los Angeles is leading 3-1 to one out West. Uh, and it should be interesting as San Diego is still two games under 500 and stuck in neutral. So who knows what's to make of them. That's going to do it for us here this afternoon. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. We'll be back tomorrow after the game as well to react with you. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo for joining the show and for Matt Sossler hitting all the buttons. I'm Dom Catronio. Good night and so long, Brewers Fall. But until next time, keep on swinging.